You're listening to Permission To, the podcast where we dive into the science and soul of owning your worthiness as a perfectly imperfect human being. I'm your host, Sam Jew, psychotherapist, positive psychology coach, mama to a beautiful five-year-old, Emily, and passionate advocate for living an inspired life. My aim is to show you that you have full permission to own your worthiness so that you can embrace your true nature and begin walking boldly toward your dreams. Let's dive in. I'm so excited about today's episode. I am interviewing one of my favorite humans in the whole wide world, my marketing and mindset coach and dear friend, Ellie Swift. Ellie is a mindset and marketing coach for high-performing women who are ready to build heart-driven, intentional, and abundant online businesses. Using her signature Swift marketing method, Ellie helps service-based business owners connect with their customers, shine online, and create life-changing results for both themselves and their clients. On a personal level, I have worked with Ellie for over two years, and as cliche as it might sound, I feel like we have been through a lot together, and Ellie has supported me as much personally as she has professionally. I'm so excited. Let's dive in. So Ellie, we've been working together for over two years now, or maybe it's even longer. I've lost track, but yeah, I think it's getting close to three. And I've been reflecting on my growth as a human being, mama and small business owner, and I've experienced so much growth and it all comes down to mindset. As a mindset coach, what do you think are the main mindset shifts that you have witnessed in me. And I should say as my mindset coach, so I'm asking you as my coach what you've witnessed in me in terms of mindset shifts. This is such a fun question. I feel (laughs) so excited that we're kicking off with this. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. It's such a privilege to be here. Oh, I'm so happy that you're here, Ellie. The best. And I love that we get to have this really conversational chat where... Yeah, we get to talk about those things because I just think it's so supportive when you get to listen to chats like this about, well, what has that progress looked like? Um, so I'll speak to to some of the ones that come up for me. Um, the first one is that something that um, you used to share, and this is such a common thing that people experience is like how easy it can be for us to get up in our own heads about things and think so much about things that it, we we get into almost a state of paralysis with doing so and it really prohibits us from taking action and there's so many reasons for that and I would love to hear actually what you think your reasons were for being in that overthinking you know mindset um, but nowadays and what I've seen shift so much is that you are so amazing at really taking action and really trusting yourself to do something, knowing that it can't possibly be wrong if you're taking action. Like we get so caught up in that process of have I made the right decision, but you know that that's not possible to make the wrong decision. Like a decision is better than no decision. And you empower yourself to be able to then move forward with that process, which is so amazing and is for sure, the reason you've been able to build, you know, the incredible business that you have. And it's such a sign that I see in amazing business owners and just amazing humans who have the capacity to, you know, do mum life and do business life and all of those things that you're able to navigate. 
Another one that I have witnessed in you that I think is so special is your ability to recognize your power and what it is that you're doing so well right now. So, so often uh, when, as you know, when we're creating or visioning for the future, it can be so easy to create a massive gap between where we are now and where we want to be by going, you know, I, I want, you know, this to be my reality. I want to have Uh, I want to be this kind of mama. I want to be this kind of business owner. I want to be this kind of friend. I want to be this kind of wife. And you've been so incredible at recognizing where that's already true for you in your life, which of course, if you bring that into your current reality, it makes it so much easier to keep taking that next step and that next step and that next step. If you embody all of those characteristics, traits, of the person that you want to be, you know, your future self, and you take that on now in your current reality, that journey is something that becomes far more seamless or, or dare I say, easeful. Mm. And then the third one that comes up, and this is such a big one, so much so that, as you know, um, something that I talk about all the time is CEO mindset. Um, and so I really, really love this one. And that is essentially being able to like really process and separate your emotions from what the situation is that's unfolding in front of you. And so separation being the key word there, because whenever we're experiencing any emotions, they are of course, so incredibly valid. And so, um, you know, it can almost be easy for if let's, let's give an example of say, obviously, because I work with you as your business coach, this Mm. will be a business example, but let's say, um, we are, uh, you know, you're wanting to, uh, do a launch in your business, some sort of launch and, the emotions around that is there's a lot of like fear and what ifs and all of those things. There can almost be that tendency to squash those and go, well, I just need to like put on my big girl pants and (laughs) move forward and squash these. But actually the best possible thing you can do is validate those and allow them to be true. And this is something that, you know, as a counselor and a coach, you just are the living, breathing embodiment of and, you know, have that over on one side. And if you could see me right now, which obviously you can't, I'm kind of <laughs> putting my hands over to the left and then over the other side, over to the right here, you're also then going, well, if I put my CEO hat on, if I step into my CEO mindset, what's the next step that I'm going to take? What's the next move I'm going to take? And you can use this as a mama, as a wife. Like if I look at this through the lens of, you know, being the mom I want to be right now and showing up in the best way possible. What does that look like? Or, you know, whatever else. I shouldn't use too many mom analogies, not being a mom myself. But (laughs) uh, And so that's something that that you do incredibly well. What are your thoughts on those? What comes up for you there? Well, I was just thinking that I should have started by saying the reason that I'm asking you to share these is not because I want to talk about myself a whole week, obviously, but because I actually feel like yeah, a lot of my clients and the women that I support and work with have these similar processes. And in my experience, when we witness someone else talk through their process and share it, we actually learn about our process as well. So I forgot to say at the beginning, that's why I'm sharing this. 
Um, but I think like the first one that you said, less thinking, more action. That's the one that like for me, I've always been a worrier and an overthinker. And so I think in small business, you basically have to confront those parts of yourself that maybe you've kind of stuffed to the back and tried to pretend aren't there you know like I'm someone that hides my worry pretty well as an adult but as soon as I started my business those old patterns really showed up and I had to work through them um but for me I think also because I'm a bit of a recovering perfectionist it was this idea and I see a lot of women do this when they want to start something whether it's a business or um you know creation like art or yeah family things like this idea that it's got to be perfect from the start I think because I didn't have any experience in business when I started working with you I would just spend so much time thinking about what my offer was going to be and how I was going to do something thinking that once I made that decision that's how I would do it forever which now now I find that so hilarious like looking back at old Sam from three years ago I kind of have a bit of a chuckle because I'm like honestly your business will just change and keep changing and keep changing and so you don't have to get it perfect in the first place in fact that's probably what held me back in the first year of my business getting really stuck and really rigid and like this one idea and that if that didn't work then my business was over now I'm much more flexible so yeah (laughs) it's so it's so true isn't it I mean you know in in business I teach as you know like a value ladder of offers in your business and understanding what that value ladder looks like but the thing I'll say when I teach that is always like start with your core offer the rest is going to come together over time and Mm -hmm. it's so true what I see and I know this is so easy to do is that we're like I want to see the whole picture first. Like I want to know what that full picture looks like. And I couldn't move forward until I know that whole picture. I think it's, it's human nature because it creates that safety if we know what things are going to look like, but actually the best things happen when we leap into the unknown and we have absolutely no idea what's going to happen. I mean, so much of this is really that conversation about being able to step outside of your comfort zone over and over and over again and I know that you talk about that so much in permission granted so it yeah I really like the way you described that yeah and I think it's almost I always say you know anxiety to me is like trapped energy so the more you think about something and don't take action the more fear you experience so the best way to step out of fear is to take action you know, even if you fail in inverted commas, because there is no such thing as failure in my books, the reality is that that taking that action will help you move through that fear and gain momentum. So uh, that's why I like to call it less thinking, more action. Totally. And if you look at, you know, those mindset stories or or, um, shifts that we just spoke to, all of them were related to taking some sort of action. And I think that like as a mindset coach, so often I find that clients will want to solve mindset with mindset. Mm -hmm. Whereas, as you know, the way I talk about it is like mindset and strategy. And it's like solving mindset with strategy will then be the thing that moves you forward, which is essentially taking, taking that action. Yes. I work with so many women who they they're stuck in their mindset and they think the way to, to work through that is to do more mindset work. 
And it's like this kind of fixed mindset that, oh, well, I can't move through this area of my life until I fix that mindset. And it's like, well, actually, when you take action that's more aligned with how you want to live and with how you want to think, that's actually going to shift your mindset. So don't get stuck in needing to change the way you think about things to change the way you live your life. I love that so much. It's so true. It's such a form of procrastination as well because (laughs) mindset work sounds easier. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, so I could move through this by doing a gratitude list and a morning routine and moving my body every day. I can get around that. And it's like, all those things are great. And I'm probably going to talk about those things at some point in this conversation. (laughs) And it's like, then also take the action towards the thing that you most want. Yeah. You need to do both. Like, I think mindset work is important, but it doesn't equal anything unless you take the action as well, you know? So, yeah. And the other, like separating my emotions from my reality, the last point that you talked about, I think, you know, I'm a very highly sensitive person and I think a lot of the women in my community are too. So I feel things really deeply and I really believe that that is one of my superpowers and that it makes me a really powerful therapist and coach But it can, I think with any of our superpowers, they can also be our kryptonite. Like uh, as someone who feels things very deeply, if I'm going through a bit of a rough time and I'm, or I'm feeling very emotional about something, I can then make that mean a whole heap of stuff that it doesn't actually mean. (laughs) And that could be around like being a mama, you know, like, you know, if I'm feeling rubbish, then I'll have all this negative perspective about how I'm parenting Emily or it could be in my business, like really think, focusing on all the negatives or the things that aren't working in my business. Whereas when I'm in a happy light mood, I'll really see myself as a, you know, in a positive light as a mama and a business owner. So for me, like really learning that, hey, just because you're feeling this way, like definitely validate the feeling, but it doesn't actually mean that there's anything bad happening in your life right now. You're feeling this way. And yeah, all that validation, of course. <laughs> How do you separate the two? Well, I really, I, I like to talk to my feelings. So I'll be like, oh, hello, anxiety, you know. Um, and this is actually an evidence-based tool. It might sound a little bit, you know, out there, but like actually there's a lot of research that if we um, accept our emotions and talk to them, then we, we kind of learn to observe them and get a bit of separateness from them. So I will just be like, you're welcome, you know. I know I'm feeling anxious today. And as soon as I do that, it does tend to move through me a lot more quickly than if I get stuck in my head trying to think about why I'm anxious. So I think for me, it's validating at first, feeling at first, but then taking action, like planning my day. Okay, I feel really rubbish, but I'm still going to go to Pilates today. I'm still going to phone a friend. I'm still going to do this podcast interview I'd planned, you know, so trying to really stick to the the actions that I had planned, even if I'm not feeling 100% such a good strategy. And I I know you do that so, so well. Um, And I can, you know, through conversations you and I have, I I can always hear you like processing Mm. that. And I think something you're so great at is saying like, this is how I feel. And you will fully own that. And you'll be like, and this is the situation that I'm seeing in front of me. Yeah. And this is what I'm going to do today. 
And by the way, like, I guess with every strategy that you talk about, it might work really well for you, but then someone, because I'm a very sensitive kind of in my feminine energy person, I can't let my emotions rule me too much or I probably wouldn't get much done in my life. But there might be someone else who's like super masculine, who's like, nah, I'm feeling like shit, but I'm just going to power through the day. And for them, I might not encourage them to kind of, you know, plan their day out rigidly and then stick with it. It might be a bit more like, oh, maybe I need to take an hour off today. So, you know, I just wanted to say that as well. Obviously, everything, you know, everyone has a different reaction to the different tools that I use. And it's really about making it person centered for you as a human being. Completely agree with that. And that's, you know, isn't that just the power of therapy and coaching? is is being able to uh and I think anyone who's a great therapist or coach Mm. I I can only really speak more to to coaching than therapy Mm. as you know will be somebody who takes the tool and makes it really applicable to the person that's in front of them exactly yeah so I'm really mindful when we're talking on podcasts and things like that of sharing tools but putting in the context of well for someone else it might be different they might need to respond to their emotions differently and maybe listen to them more I'm probably someone who who so feels my emotions whereas some women don't feel them at all yes so yeah different And I was just thinking, we have been working together for a long time. And I know some women in my community, they love to work with like a lot of different coaches. So they'll work with one person and then they'll be like, right, I feel like I've learned enough from that person and then on to the next. And I think that's an amazing way to work and be supported. But I've noticed that as a person who is very relationship orientated, I guess you could say, Uh, Once I've found someone who is supportive in my life, in my business, I tend to stick to working with them forever. And I've said pretty much, pretty openly to you, Ellie, that you're you're stuck with me forever. Like you're happy to be. Yeah, you retiring is like the stuff of nightmares. I think for me, (laughs) they're like, what will I do without Ellie? And like I shared in the intro that you're, you know, we've been through a personal and business journey together, and I feel like you've supported me as much with my business as you have with my personal life. Um, You've just got this beautiful heart-centered energy and um, yeah, definitely your life coaching skills like really, really support me as well. But um, I was just thinking, why do you think it works so well for some people like me to work with one coach over a longer period of time rather than trying lots of different coaches? So first of all, that just means so much to me. Thank you for sharing that. I um, I love you. I'm so happy to work with you forever. Let's, I mean, I just think retirement, the idea of going into retirement just sounds so boring. I just yeah. feel like I'm going to coach till my deathbed. So, you know. I'm so relieved. Can, maybe, maybe there'll be a day when you and I are taking coaching calls and we're like, rolling up to actually at that point let's think about this we're probably not going to have laptops and we're probably going to have like a chip in our arm that I'm going to frighten everyone when I say this I know chip in our arm that like activates some you know some kind of like laser screen and that's how we speak to one another and we're going to have like our little gopher carts and we'll be on the screen in those I'm getting I'm getting like picture of the future and us in our like are they gophers gophers yeah yeah gopher gopher carts whatever they are anyway and we'll both be like multi multi millionaires by there right (laughs) exactly (laughs) the best kind of gopher carts there are 
anyway, just thought I'd share that picture in my mind. Um, I love that visualization. But, yeah. I've like got it very clear in my mind now. Too. <laughs> me too. Me too. So look, to answer your question, um, I guess just to share like some, you know, my, my personal thoughts around this first and mm-hmm. foremost, I'm very much like you in that I really love um, both as a coach myself and also as somebody who of course has my own coach too. I love going deeper rather than wider. I really love that experience of, um, you know, for me hiring my own coach, I'm the same as you. I like working with someone over a long period of time. I like building a relationship with somebody that I trust. I actually just think it's so efficient and effective because something that I think that so many people don't consider is that each time you hire a new coach or support person, they have to get to know you. They have to get to know your business. If we're talking about business coaching, they have to really understand you on a level where they're then going to be able to support you based on that information. And so time in the game is something that fast tracks the process long-term. And look, if I think about the coaches and the peers that I know once again in a business context that have worked with the same person over a long period of time, I would say that it's more likely those people that fast track things because they're really linear with the way that they're working and they're not kind of jumping all over the place. Um, so, So I really do prefer that strategy as well. As a coach, I much prefer working with somebody in a deeper way because it allows me to coach better. You know, the, the people that I've had the longer relationship with. So for example, for you and I, you know, having worked together for two, three years, like you said, having had the privilege of supporting you through both business and life, I know those things about you, like you said, about the fact that you're someone who feels more. So I know that there is a way in which I would coach you, which might be different to a way in which I would coach maybe someone else in our inner circle. Um, and so I, I think that's just so supportive to be able to understand somebody so well that that then supports and deepens the way in which that you support them. Um, I think that, um, So, you know, I wouldn't say there's anything wrong with choosing different coaches and things, but I, I, I think intentionality is really important. So Mm. if you are somebody who is wanting to really focus on, for example, um, you know, your self-worth and really, you know, navigate self-belief and build more confidence, like working with someone like Sam would be, I'm totally subtly plugging you, (laughs) subtly, not subtly. Um, But, you know, working with someone like you over a longer period of time would be far more effective than working with multiple different people in different ways. It can, and it's not always, but it can also be a form of self-sabotage, I find, Mm. like, let's work with this coach, get to a point, things are going well, or okay, that's boring. Let's find someone new. Like that can actually be a a self-sabotaging behavior as well. Um, So ultimately I would say that I think, you know, it it works so well working with someone over a long period of time because of that relationship and the ability to be able to get to, to know them really well. Mm. And I think as it, it applies also to life coaching and to um, psychotherapy as well. Like what I find is that, 
you know, I have some counselling clients who I might work with for six months and then, you know, that they're starting to feel much better. So I don't see them for a year and then something comes up and they return to therapy. And it's just so beautiful to just be able to pick up where we left off. You know, they'll often say things like, oh, I can't believe that you remember my ex-boyfriend's name. That was from like two years ago. And I'll be like, yeah, I just remember everything about my clients in that way, even though I've got a shocking memory in other ways. Um, But it's the same with my coaching clients, you know, like a lot of them have decided to do a second round of permission granted my signature program, or some of them have kind of decided to work one on one with me afterwards. And I just feel like it's such a privilege when someone decides to work with you over a longer period of time, but they get those benefits because I already know them. I kind of know their process and what we need to work on. And so we can just go straight in and dive deep. So yeah, yeah it's, it's a really interesting debate though, because I do see sometimes in the life coaching industry, there's almost kind of like this negative connotation of like, you know, if, if you've worked with a coach for three months and life isn't like perfect then somehow you know the coaching hasn't worked or you're creating dependency and I really struggle with that perspective I I feel like humans always benefit from having supportive relationships and yeah yeah look I I think there's there's definitely a bigger conversation there and and one I actually really want to have on um, my podcast soon Mm. too in relation to the online industry and yeah this almost vilifying the industry conversation. Yeah. I'm, I'm just so sick of it. And I just think that it's so detrimental because actually what mm. we're doing is we're vilifying an industry that then ultimately we're vilifying ourselves by yes. doing that because we, you know, we should be wanting to speak to coaching being something that is incredible and amazing, which I certainly believe it to be. Um, And so the fact that we don't, we kind of focus on the negatives because for sure, you know, being an unregulated industry, there are absolutely those, but we shouldn't be creating this kind of 360 hostility around it because it just doesn't serve anyone. Um, So yeah, I I really hear you on that. I, I think that naturally relationships are things that are so incredibly supportive. And once again, if you've got a good coach or therapist, they'll be setting up the relationship in a way where they're very mindful of dependency. Mm. Um, I I don't think any of my long-term clients have a dependency on me. You know, that's certainly, I wouldn't say is the way I operate as a coach. There's a lot of mm. like, you know, we work with personal responsibility. And so Yeah. And I know that to be true because an example of that is actually like when I had my wedding recently and I was like, I'm off for a week, you know, it's, it's just being a coach being like, I'm going to be away for a week. If there was anything urgent, it should be fine. And you were all like, go switch off every device, like have the best time. We're all good. Um, So yeah, I think uh, encouraging sovereignty in any relationship is really important. Exactly. And sometimes taking a break for, you know, in between coaching series or, yeah, you know, all of those things are great. But I think it's just important to not have that message, you know, that, you know, you failed somehow if you're, you know, if you haven't had this quick fix or this immediate, you know, answers to these things, especially if you're working on lifelong patterns, you know, if you've developed a pattern over 20 years around perfectionism, you know, and it doesn't completely transform in three months, that doesn't mean that you failed. 
Um, so I think it's just maybe that's the way I think, see things with that combination of therapy and coaching kind of hat that, you know, sometimes change takes time and that's okay. Definitely. And also, I mean, and I would love your thoughts on this. I think that if we're talking about things that are so conditioned into us, uh, you know, for example, I've got, I've got a real habit around like, like my thing is wanting to feel safe. And, and mm. I know that that is such a thing for so many women. Um, and if I don't feel safe, I can go into this like control mode yeah. and want to, I think I even said before we started recording <laughs> this episode, I was talking about over-functioning yeah. and, um, and how that can be a habit of mine. It's like, I may never fully break that habit. Like mm. I may, you know, in 30 years time, that might still be something that is something that I find myself slip back into at certain moments, but I'm never looking at that going, that has to be something that never happens to me again. It's more, I need to know the tools to move through that so that if it does appear in my life because of something that's occurred, I know how to navigate that. So I think that that's really important that we're looking at everything through the lens of like, what's practical as well Mm. for us in terms of moving through things yeah I think what you're what I'm thinking of when you talk about that is like that awareness piece it's like you know yourself and you know your process so when you notice yourself over functioning you can kind of go oh hang on what's going on and pull myself back it's not like you're expecting a magical one solution so that you completely change who you are and that part of you you know because that part of you has probably also got you know really wonderful sparkly parts too um that's just something you need to be aware of so that's a good way of looking at it yeah I love that example Ellie and so in terms of practical tools like what are your favorite mindset tools because you have supported me massively in my mindset so what would you say are your favorite tools yeah so I'm a really really big fan of um setting your morning up right or giving yourself the opportunity to check in with your mind first thing and I the way that I think about this is even if we are humans who lead incredibly busy lives we all have enough time to brush our teeth and Mm -hmm. have a shower and so why are we not cleansing our mind in the same way when we wake up in the morning And so I think giving yourself the opportunity to do that is really, really powerful because otherwise research shows us that if we don't give ourselves that opportunity to reset for the new day, then we just go into our next day with the thoughts that have been rolling from the day prior, which is of course, then how we can build up things like, you know, anxiety towards certain situations Mm -hmm. in our life or stress or whatever else it might be. So giving ourselves that opportunity to reset. So one of my favorite tools to do that is journaling. I absolutely love journaling. I really love, you know, if you, if I were to give everyone listening a really practical tool, if you wake up and you create something um, that I call a fear inventory, and I know you, you love this, Mm -hmm. Sam, like literally going through and thinking about all the things that uh, you're feeling fearful about in any given moment and writing them all out in front of you. So often that process of getting it out onto paper enables us to see things so clearly and we can instantly go, well, that's just a thought that's not real. <laughs> and we, we have the opportunity to recognize things that aren't necessarily true if put in front of us, or we then have the opportunity to go, well, what is the more likely 
scenario there? Or do I have evidence to support this being a truth? Or, okay, let's look at this thing in front of me. That looks scary. Let's go there on what's the worst case scenario and would I still be okay? Like really allowing ourselves to process in relation to that. So journaling is a big one. Um, I love meditation and I'm not a devoted uh, you know, meditation human, I'm talking like five minutes a day for me. Um, but I love that process of just being able to sit with myself and breathe deeply and slow my heart rate down and, and slow my brain down as someone who does identify as being an overthinker and someone who's also prone to anxious thought if I don't monitor my mind. And then things like, you know, I love pulling cards and being really mindful in my day, like making a cup of tea and lighting a candle um, it's all of those mindful moments that I also see as being such a big part of, of mindset work as well. Uh, and then the final thing that I would say is movement is so, so huge for me. If we're talking about that action piece, like I know that the best way for me to process anything that is a mindset challenge is to move my body. Um, and then also taking the relevant action, but I take better action if I have process what's in my mind and moved it out through my body, usually through sweat, gross, but true. (laughs) I love that. I've just been like nodding my head at every single one of those. But I think what's really interesting is a lot of women that I talk to can sometimes feel quite scared to write down their worries. Mm. And then I say to them, but they're in your head. They are literally like driving your decisions and driving your emotions every day but they're too scary to put on paper. And it's so interesting, you know, it can feel really confronting to write our fears down, but it actually then allows us to process them. So instead of procrastinating on something that you're really scared of because you've processed it on paper, you can actually take action. So yeah, so true. I think that's such a wise mindset tool. I love that. And Last question, where does one start when it comes to giving yourself permission to change your mind? So to recognize that your mind isn't fixed, you know, that you can change your mind, you can work on your mindset. My answer is going to sound incredibly simple, um, but I think that there's more to it. Um, Yeah, it's something that sounds simple. I'll say it. I'll just get it out. I'll just get it out. (laughs) Get it out and then we'll see. (laughs) Exactly. And that is to decide, Mm -hmm. like to really decide and commit to the fact that you are willing to change your mind. And this is a really, really powerful thing to do. Like if you are making that decision of, I am consciously going to work on my mindset. That means investing in support. That means looking at things through fresh eyes. That means questioning things you never have. That means writing down those fears that are swelling that you're too scared to write down. Like that means doing things in new ways to get different results. And so that would be my biggest recommendation. If you're listening to this and you're like, Sam, Ellie, I I hear those truths. Like I know that, you know, I need to make some change here. Then I would say, decide this gets to be your fork in the road. This gets to be the point that you do that. And you are so incredibly worthy of doing so and making that decision and, you know, creating change that you want to create so that you can, you know, 
hashtag live your best life, like in for reals though. So, <laughs> um, you know, this gets to be the moment you decide. So powerful. And it makes me think about how sometimes I'm sure you've experienced this in your offers as well. But what I've noticed is sometimes when a woman says yes to permission granted, it's like she's literally decided to give herself that permission to work on her mindset. And the work begins really rapidly, often even before we've officially started. And it's like because you've made that decision. Do you find that as well in your work? I do. I find it in... um, yeah, it, 100% in all of those ways. And also it might be something like then someone suddenly wins a client for me, yeah. obviously being a mindset and marketing coach. It's like I signed up and then I want a client and that just paid back the, the investment. It's like, yeah, because when you, you know, show up and demonstrate and take action towards the thing that you want, that's when things shift. It's coming back to your point that you shared before mm-hmm. about, Um, taking that aligned action and how that really drives and supports the process. So I absolutely believe that to be true. I mean, it's such a cliche term, but putting your money where your mouth is, Mm -hmm. like investing in what it is you want is so, so powerful because we're demonstrating and taking the action that says, hey, I'm ready. I'm, I'm creating change. Let's do this. And it's not even just courses and, and masterminds and things like that. It's like when you decide, okay, I'm going to invest in an hour's Pilates class for me. And then you immediately feel better because you've done it. You know, like it, it, it's just starting with that first decision, isn't it? Yes. Couldn't agree yeah. more. Well, thank you so much, Ellie. I've just, yeah, loved, loved, loved interviewing you. Um, before we wrap up, how can people find out more about your work? I mean, you're pretty Insta famous, so most people probably know, but for anyone who doesn't know, what's the best way that people can find out about how they can work with you? Absolutely. So before I do though, I just wanted to say thank you for having me. I love you so, so much having you as part of my life, as my friend, my client, a human that I get to you know, have conversations with every single day and support is the greatest privilege to me. And I also just think you're so insanely amazing at your work and what you do and the way that you serve and care for your clients is something, um, something that people should aspire to do in their own work. So thank you for the work that you do and the way that you show up in the world. It's really, really special. Oh, thank you, Ellie. I think you're going to make me tear up a little bit. (laughs) It's, I I mean, it's going to happen at some point when you're hosting this podcast. It may as well happen now. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I was thinking, how many episodes in will it take before Sam cries? (laughs) Only only episode four. (laughs) That's really cheeky that I just made that. That wasn't even, that wasn't intentional to do that. Although, as I started talking, knowing you, I was like, I know that this will get you in the fields, but I'm still going to go there. Um, I would love to have a chat. Look, this this has been such a great conversation. I think it's the things we've talked about are so thought provoking. And so if anyone's listening and, you know, if there's anything that's come up for you, please come and let me know. It's always so helpful. I love a chat. So come and send me a DM at, on Instagram at Ellie H Swift. You can also find out more about me at Ellie Swift via my website. Um, elliswift.com and over in my Facebook group as well. Oh, and I also have a podcast too. So if you're here listening, then you obviously love 
podcast or you're someone that gets around podcasts, so come on over to Shine Online with Ellie Swift. There's a really great episode uh, that I did with your girl, Sam, actually, that has had a whole lot of love. So come on over and check that one out. (laughs) Thank you, Ellie. Mama. Mama.